Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I am Brandon Kiley. Nick Price helping us out on the other side of the glass today. And we are going out to the leadoff hotline because we are joined by my friend, Seth Kaiser. He's a Chiefs film analyst. You can find his work on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan. Seth, how you doing this morning, man? I'm doing very, very well. You saved me from uh, sweeping out a very dirty garage, so you are, you're my hero. <laughs> this is what I'm here for, man. I'm here to save people from whatever they don't want to do. They can come right here on 610 Sports Radio, and they can find a way to make their day just a little bit better. All right, Seth, uh, we've got a lot to get into because as much as we are officially in the dead period when it comes to the NFL offseason, there is never a true dead period when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Earlier right. this week, we heard from Joel Corey on the Arrowhead Pride podcast that there's actually a deadline that I don't know that any of us knew about necessarily, but apparently it exists. It is August 6th, and basically if right. he does not report by August 6th, Chris Jones will end up becoming a restricted free agent next year, and he's going to make like $4 million instead of $15, $16 million under the franchise tag. He ain't going to do that, so he's reporting by August 6th. How much right. did this bit of information for you, Seth, change the way that you look at the way that this holdout's been going? I hate to be that guy, but I kind of already knew that. Okay, like, perfect. I didn't. I thought it was that he would um, just still be simply under contract. I thought it just told another year. Um, so I was wrong about that. The restricted free agency thing is obviously different than him just simply being under contract another year because at least it provides him with a, a possibility of being signed. Although I can't remember the last time someone that had a first-round tender put on them got signed away. I mean, that just, teams don't do that because you've got to break the bank and give away. It's, it's as though you're trading for them, essentially. Um, for me, I always knew Jones was going to be playing this year. I mean, he, he, this, what he's doing right now, he's trying to get his contract a year early. Right. And that's fine. I mean, that's the business of the game. But he really has zero leverage. And that's why I think you're seeing all this back and forth and why this is taking time, because that's what happens when players have absolutely no leverage whatsoever. The fact that he becomes a restricted free agent next year, you know, like you said, I mean, there's no franchise tag. There's no, I mean, it, it literally delays any sort of really big payday another year. So it, it, it's a tough situation for him to be in, and that's the state that NFL players are in right now, is that they really don't have a ton of power their first five or six years in the league. So I find Chris Jones to be really interesting because last year he has 15 and a half sacks, an objectively unbelievable season by any metric for a defensive tackle. He had six and a half sacks the year before that. Everybody in Kansas City loves him. He plays with energy. Like the dude clearly deserves to get paid, whether it's this year, next year, at some point here in Kansas City, elsewhere, he deserves to get paid and he's going to get paid. Only 24 years old and in the course, in the really the heart of his prime right now as an NFL player and kind of becoming what we all hoped he would be. 
I do wonder, Seth, as somebody who watches the film the way that you do, we have now heard from Therese Paler a couple of times about how the Chiefs think that he freelanced a little bit last year. And some would say, hey, if you freelance and you end up with 15 and a half sacks, the freelancing was worth it. Plus, you know, look at the defense coordinator they had last year. But if you're Steve Spagnolo and he was watching the same film you were and you see that on film, what do you have in the back of your mind whenever you're thinking about whether or not you want to pay this guy? If I was Steve Spagnuolo and I was watching the Chiefs defensive line film from last year, I would ask what in the world the defensive coordinator was thinking. <laughs> because the Chiefs ran fewer stunts and twists than anyone in the NFL. It wasn't even close. What often happened when you had a, uh, a situation where they were rushing the passer is you, you had basically they were assigned gaps from what I'm told. And you, you're supposed to maintain gap integrity while you rush, which isn't unusual. But it was so strict in the Chiefs system that it basically meant you have to rush this way and this way only. And the problem is, you know, let's say you are, you know, a three-tech who's up against uh, a guard. It sure is not very handy if you, if you only can go one direction and that guard from watching film knows you can only go one direction. As far as freelancing goes, I tend to be... I tend to believe I'm a bit of a cynic, and I listen to Therese's podcast. He does awesome work, as always. And, you know, his thing, you know, maybe you shouldn't freelance some of those sacks. For me, what it stinks to me of is that they're in the middle of negotiations, and the team is going to say whatever it can to lower the value. I don't think it's a legitimate issue. I, I watched, I, between what I did at the middle of the year and what I did at the end of the year, I've charted every snap in about 12 of his games or so. And as far as freelancing, for me, I tend to be really leery about saying, oh, this, I can tell he was freelancing, because I just don't know. I've had players reach out to me after I've, you know, looked at a play and said, hey, this is actually my job there. And it's very different from what it would be in a standard play. And I have to go, oh, okay. So now I just don't even do that, because I don't want to be wrong. I don't see it often enough to where it looks like a genuine concern. Other than naughty and it was actually pretty close, I would have called Jones the best run defender on the team as well as the best pass rusher last year. And so I just don't see it as a legitimate issue. I think it's a contract negotiation thing because when I look back and I see the quotes the Chiefs had for months regarding him, including after they knew they were getting Steve Spagnolo, was that, oh, yeah, we want this guy back. We want him in Kansas City. We want him. Well, now that money is suddenly in it, right. Now it's like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he, you know, he freelances. And that, to me, you know, it's Occam's razor tells me that maybe it's a little more negotiation than anything else. I tend to agree with you. We're talking with Seth Kaiser. You can find his work on Twitter at Real MN Chiefs fan. He does a fantastic job breaking down the film for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're a Chiefs fan, you need to be following him. Like I said, he's at Real MN Chiefs fan on Twitter. I wanted to talk to you about the player that we thought we would be talking about re-signing right now coming into the offseason. Of course, that is Tyreek Hill. There have been other things that have taken place. I don't need to bring them up. Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. But Tyreek Hill has had a story-filled offseason with stuff that he didn't want to be dealing with this offseason. Chiefs fans didn't want to be talking about this offseason. And ultimately, that has led to us not having the conversation about him getting re-signed here in Kansas City. I am curious from this perspective, though, um, Seth, let's say that Tyreek Hill does end up playing this year, and that's the operating procedure that I think all of us are under at this point. Let's say he plays somewhere between 12 and 14 games, and he looks exactly like the player he was in the past. He's the same Tyreek Hill. He's unbelievable. 
ends up with 12, 1400 yards, six, seven touchdowns, whatever it may be over the course of the season. He's Tyreek Hill again. If you're the Chiefs, what do you do? Because they have the option next year of being able to use the transition and the franchise tag. Normally, you can only use one or the other. You could potentially, I guess at that point, re-sign him to a long-term deal. What do you think they should do if that ends up being the situation they're put in? You know, the Chiefs are in a better position than I am to kind of know the ins and outs of what's going on. They know Tyreek Hill's side of the story, as it were. Um, We've only seen a three-page letter from his attorney that details his side of the story. Maybe it's only two pages. I don't know. Um, And so I guess it just comes down to, do you believe him or not? And the one thing that I think if he plays out this year, the other thing that's going to be true a year from now is that we're going to move forward a year with this child protection thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let's say hypothetically a year from now, Hill has filed a family law suit of some kind and has obtained custody of his child. That would probably change people's perspective as to what exactly went down. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm saying I've seen it happen. I've worked a lot of child protection cases where one parent or the other ends up with custody at the end of it. And that's a fairly strong statement about who they think is the best suited parent moving forward, which is a pretty strong statement as to what happened in the first place. Right. And so a year from now, there might be some movement, at least with regards to that, that is a matter of public knowledge, even if we don't know why or what exactly transpired. So that gives them time. And I think that's the biggest thing with regards to all of this is just time. And so if that happens and he balls out, I think it's going to depend on whatever else has happened in the meantime. If literally no new information has come forward, if I'm the chief, it's tough to sign him to a big deal because I assume that's what he'll want. Right? Because football alone, he's worth borderline Odell money. Yeah, he's he's worth what Michael Thomas is talking about right now. Like, if he didn't have yeah. any of this stuff going on off the field, the contract Michael Thomas is looking for, where it's going to be $20 million a year, that's the contract that we'd be talking about right now with uh, Tyreek Hill. And I think most Chiefs fans, had this stuff not come up, would have been absolutely in favor of just getting it done. Absolutely, because he's, he is a top-five wide receiver, in my opinion. And I, there's a lot of great wide receivers in the league. But I think, given his unique skill set, he's also, in my opinion, maybe the most unique receiver in the league. And that unique is different than great. And, but if you have great and unique, wow, all the better. And he's also such a perfect fit for what the Chiefs do. So I completely agree. I think it's going to all depend on whether any more information comes out. I think they're going to see what kind of blowback they get when they, in my opinion, inevitably uh, unsuspend him or whatever for training camp. And I think they're going to see if they can just weather the storm. I think they're seeing, you know, the, the Kareem Hunt, you know, redemption tour treatment that he's getting. And they're thinking, okay, we gave up one of the best running backs in the NFL for nothing, and now Cleveland's getting good press for giving him a yeah. chance. Why can't we give me the person to give him another chance? And I understand there's a ton of background stuff that makes it different here, but I can't help but wonder if that's how the Chiefs view it. I wanted to ask you one other thing as we're talking with Seth Kaiser. He's a uh, Chiefs film analyst. You can find his work. Check out his Twitter account, at Real MN Chiefs Fan. 
The guy that's probably gotten more off-season hype than any other is Sammy Watkins. Now, some most Chiefs fans have made up their mind on what Sammy Watkins is, what he's going to be, and the fact that he's overpaid already at this point. But you watch more film than anybody else probably, or at least you're tied for first. What do you <laughs> expect from Sammy Watkins next year? What did you see from him last year, and what do you think about the hype this off-season? I was really excited last year when they signed Watkins. I was bummed initially, then I watched his film, and I thought, okay, I mean, you know, explosive in and out of cuts, catches with his hands, runs good routes, um, just has all the appearances of, of a fantastic receiver. Um, he started off a little bit quiet in Kansas City, but that's very, it's well known, the Andy Reid uh, the conundrum for wide receivers. You got to learn X, Y, and Z in his offense, and it's a lot. It's a lot going on there. And so the fact that he was productive as he was before getting hurt, and then after he got hurt, he kind of came back in. And I mean, he was he, he played really well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited for what he can do. I'm a little bit, you know, you're always tentative because you don't want to just automatically project, project big things. But the reality is he, he he performed when he wasn't hurt. I think it's the hurt thing that has me really hesitant because, you know, I don't like to, to label players as injury prone, but it's definitely a bummer that he got, you know, an ankle or leg injury, whatever it was, where he was supposed to only be out a few weeks, and then it just dragged on. And that makes you really leery. Anytime you hear about him being a little bit nicked up, you're going to be nervous that he, you know, is out for six weeks or whatever. I think if he's healthy, I think he's going to have a really big year. A lot of it is obviously tied to the Hill situation and whether he's a guy that gets, you know, 70, 80 targets or 90 targets or 150 targets. He is Seth Kaiser. You can find his work at on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan. He is a fantastic Chiefs film analyst. You, again, find his work at RealMNChiefsFan. Seth, we always appreciate the time, my man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brandon. Always good talking to you. You bet. That's Seth Geiser joining us here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I think he makes a good point on Sammy. When he's healthy, he's really good. There's just always that caveat of when he's healthy. Coming up next, a guy that's been healthy for the majority of his career. His name's Chris Jones. We now have a firm deadline on when he's going to be in Chiefs camp. What does it mean for his negotiation? We'll talk about it next. I'm Brandon Kiley. He's Nick Price. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.